Welcome to We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, engineers, and anybody who is interested in robotics. Hosted by the Unlimited Robotics Team. So we are recording. And thank you so much for joining us today for another session of We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, makers, and anyone who is interested in robotics and AI. Today, we have a super interesting guest, Professor Alexander Kapitonov. Uh, hello, Alexander. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, everybody. Nice to hear you. So just a quick brief about our guest. Professor Alexander is a Robonomics Academic Society professor. He is a dean of Info Communication Faculty and associate professor at ITMO University. Alexander got his MSc in 2011 and PhD in 2014 in industrial automation from ITMO University. His team focuses on the blockchain and robotics application, especially on navigation, computer vision, control of mobile robots, and communication for multi-agent systems. So if any of you has an interest in blockchain, in cryptocurrency, in computer vision, in mobile robots, this is the guy to ask all the questions. So Alexander, with your permission, we'll start with the first question that may find uh, a lot of interest in most of our audience. What is Robonomics? Uh, I hope uh, the, the noise that doesn't uh, affect our conversation. Uh, don't, don't worry. I don't know, somebody, <laughs> neighbors just drilling the wall and <laughs> um, no, it's okay, perfect. Uh, just a, a small. Um, Add on to the information. Uh, you say uh, the Robonomics Academic Society professor, but it's actually Robonomics Academic Society Progressor. Uh, this is the name from the um, books, uh, one of the uh, popular uh, book uh, of Russian uh, sci-fi writers. Uh, it's uh, brothers Rugatsky and uh, they uh, wrote the really cool uh, science fiction about the future about the robotics automation and so on and uh, one of the position they described it was the uh, progressor like uh, the accelerator or um, uh, how to put popularizer of uh, this technology and that's why i'm uh, i my position is uh, called like progressor amazing okay uh and uh, let's jump to the initial question uh, what is robonomics uh, uh robonomics actually uh this is this term uh we found um like uh, four years ago because uh, uh, we work in the field field of robotics and start to uh, moving the, to the uh, economy side and uh, try to find some uh, interesting effects uh, when we combine it together. And uh, 
uh, we called it like uh, robotics economy or uh, the economy of robots. Uh, and we found several uh, books or papers uh, that's actually not directly related with our ideas, but uh, uh, we commonly use those three uh, terms, uh, the economy of robots, uh, the robotics economy, and when the robotics economy just make it shorter to cut both words, uh, you're getting the robonomics. And it, it means that we are uh, applying economical things, economical models, uh, economical relations, open markets, and so on to the robotics communication. And we found that this is a new way of uh, communication with the uh, autonomous systems uh, with robots and it gives us uh, the really wide field uh, with the big uh, numbers of interesting effects uh, like uh, mathematical uh, effects and not only uh, that speed up the economy and make the way from idea to the final product or the realization of this idea really short. This is Robonomics. Very interesting answer. So let me ask you that. Why do we need, I mean, decentralized technologies and blockchain in developed or integrated into robotics? What is the main strength of this, I mean, uh, view of, of the world? And what will be a disadvantage of integrating the blockchain into robotics? Uh, okay. <laughs> Actually, uh, when we are talking about the decentralized technologies, and uh, especially uh, where, when we are thinking about its applications, uh, we uh, definitely see uh, the big number uh, of uh, devices uh, connected to the single uh, network and they exchange the information with uh, each other and uh, make the, uh, some use, useful work for us, for society. Uh, and uh, definitely the first idea it looks like a smart city or a smart building or a smart some infrastructure. And uh, if we are talking about the smart infrastructures, smart cities, uh, right now we see the situation when the Microsoft or Amazon, uh, they totally owner of uh, the whole system. They keep uh, the whole keys, all information uh, in the uh, single hands, single hands of the company. And uh, it's uh, kind of uh, weird for us uh, to uh, give all access, to give all the possibilities to control the whole city or uh, your, bu uh, your building, your home, 
um, your things to some uh, side company. Of course, we will trust uh, those companies, but uh, as we can see in the last uh, situations when the, uh, some um, problems with the servers uh, and uh, some problems with the communication, all infrastructure laid down. Just you, you can't do nothing. And uh, if we are talking about the smart city, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to uh, give the whole control to the one company, but because uh, you, you can't Im imagine right now that you have, uh, for example, uh, the system that's serving by uh, Amazon and parallel uh, Microsoft they will fight for, for their market and they not ready to share the information that they not ready to uh, share the access in the, to, in the critical situation and so on. Um, that's why we are talking that uh, in some uh, really sensitive cases like medicine and the uh really important infrastructure control we need the decentralized uh, approach we need the decentralization uh, when the person will be uh the owner of the information about himself uh, or about when the per persons will be will own information about uh, themselves uh about the health uh, i i don't know about the location and so on. Uh, this is very important in the future because uh, the data, it, it's uh, uh, right now it's like an oil and uh, you can make uh, really big money uh, on your data, but those money <laughs> making uh, by the company, not by you, you're just a user, you're paying for that. And this is uh, one of the ideas uh, that we are promoting and uh, uh, that we are showing that uh, you should be an owner of uh, your data. Very, very yeah. interesting, Alexander. I have another question following your answer. So if I got this correctly, what we want to basically aspire by using blockchain is to spread the information and not put it in the control of one single company. But I have a following question. What happens to the liability, to recovery of information, to if somebody wants to use this information commercially wise, or to use it for legal purposes, for example, we would be able to find the parent of this specific information. So how does the decentralized activity can help us achieve certain uh, aspirations that we may want to achieve? Uh, and this is a good question. And uh, I want to uh, say that when we are talking about the decentralized technologies uh, applications, uh, we are uh, definitely thinking how to share the functionality 
uh, of the big, really big systems uh, with the uh, concrete persons, uh, with the customers who are not only just a customer of the server uh, service, but also a provider of the ser this service uh, for other people. Uh, as we can see, it's happened uh, with the um, popular cryptocurrencies when the miners, uh, it's like uh, special teams, uh, many teams uh, became uh, like a bank. They, they got the functionality of the bank, uh, partially, of course, uh, and start to provide the service to other uh, colleagues who are participating in this solution. And uh, uh, the same situation with the decentralized finance, uh, when you have the really, uh, not uh, really simple mathematical description of the uh, some, uh, for example, exchange, currency exchange uh, place, and uh, you just using that, and uh, it works without any intermediate. Uh, that's really amazing. And uh, we are thinking about uh, this idea how to deliver the decentralized technologies. Uh, especially the blockchain technology, but not only blockchain, there is a lot of other projects like Yggdrasil, uh, uh, like um, uh, IPFS, uh, and uh, especially the uh, last uh, ideas about the Filecoin and so on, uh, how to deliver those technologies uh, to people uh, to make them uh, owners of the data. When you're, for, for example, you're collecting the information about your health, about your heart rate, uh, I don't know, uh, weight, uh, your uh, other parameters, and you're just uh, selling this information to uh, the medical organization because they need to uh, collect the big amount of uh, the information to um for data processing for big data approach and so on uh right now you're just you're uh buying the cheap um device and uh, giving this information for free uh, and you don't think that uh, someone uh, will collect it and uh, earn the million of dollars, <laughs> but th that's uh, the real situation. And uh, we want uh, to make people uh, the owners of their data. Uh, they need to uh, understand uh, that just the information about their life uh, is uh, already. Uh, it's already data. It's a good data. It's uh, needed right now. Maybe, uh, maybe in the future when the uh, algorithms and ro robots will collect enough information about the uh, humanity, <laughs> they will say, "Okay, that's enough. We don't need no more." But information right now, we collected is is bad enough about you humans. We robots can do it better. And uh, thank you. We'll proceed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's uh, one of the scenarios 
that we saw in the films. Uh, but right now, uh, we are on the stage when we are collecting information, we are uh, trying to find the best way how to uh, keep it, uh, how to storage it, and how to process it. And what to give us, what advantages it give us. Right, right now, those questions, uh, it's uh, frontiers, uh, and we are trying to solve it. So let's talk about another question that I had in mind, and it's the migration process from going from a global, uh, let's call it a traditional economy, into a blockchain robo-economy based, uh, maybe local economy. So I assume that there will be some economies that will adopt quite quickly the robo-economy and the blockchain, but other economies, and I assume uh, that big, big countries like China or maybe Brazil and maybe other countries will be reluctant to adopt such progress or such technology. So if we are living in a global economy, in a global world, how does this migration will combine with the, the fact that they will resist to adopt such economies? Uh, in, in this, uh, in this um, um, way of thinking, uh, I have uh, um, at least one example that's uh, showing the uh, global effect of uh, automation and robotization. Uh, I, I, uh, saw or I read uh, some uh, articles uh, what happened uh, with the oil industry uh, just uh, five years ago uh, during the last uh, big crisis. Uh, in the article uh, showing the case uh, when the uh, uh, when they uh, focusing on the oil stations uh, in the sea, uh, sea oil station or um, ocean oil stations. Uh, and they uh, showing the uh, sample uh, when uh, before crisis uh, on those stations, uh, this station needs in, uh, for example, 40 uh, people on the board to provide all the processes. Uh, after two years uh, of crisis uh, till uh, 2016, uh, it's only four left, only four, like a twice reduction of the number of people who are involved uh, in, in the processes of uh, life cycle of the station. And uh, those uh, samples uh, you can find in different spheres, not only um, the oil uh, industry, but also with the car industry, with the, some big in the industries, of course, for example, Germany uh, trying to uh, 
to fight with that, uh, with the special obligations for industrial company uh, to provide uh, the new workplaces if you automate the one workplace. But uh, it's not happened in, in China, for example. If uh, in China you can find the situation when they just uh, close the old factory and uh, open the new fully automated lights out factory without people uh, that needs maybe maybe 10 or 20 person who are providing the life cycle of the factory but previously it was uh, maybe 1000 and they don't think about uh, any like so uh, not not, not uh, think about the social effects of course but they uh, think that uh, automation first um, uh, this is uh, um, that what I'm thinking about that and uh, we are moving forward uh, in in this way together uh, the Europe America China India doesn't matter and uh, we are going in the same way and uh, uh, soon we should meet on this way together and uh, start to to think uh, about the really big problem solution like the uh, yeah, cosmos uh, and uh, the new technologies how to deliver the goods uh, out of the earth to the mars or, or so on of course uh, that's much more important than <laughs> others uh, this is uh, my opinion i think uh, right now it uh, seems like we are uh, moving in the different way but uh, i saw the factories uh, in uh, different countries uh, and i can say that everybody uh, going to the automation uh, and uh, everybody understand that uh, the person li personal life uh, it's not no more uh, place for the people uh, in the industrial uh, production cycle because uh, it's uh, for that it's a place good place for robots, but not for the humans. Professor Alexander Kapitonov, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a super interesting conversation. We are true believer in the blockchain technology and what you do and research is exciting and interesting. And we invite all our guests, all our listeners to follow you in your activity. Uh, we're sure everybody will benefit from that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.